Good morning. We live in a world where parenting can be easier and harder. And that sounds very confusing. But it can be easier this way. Imagine you're home on a Saturday afternoon and you just want not to be bothered as a parent. What is the easiest thing for you to do? Here, give your kid the iPad or whatever tablet that you have and say, all right, why don't you go and leave me for a little while and do what you have to do because I want to be alone. Easy solution, right? A lot of solutions that we use sometimes as parents because we want our alone time. But how is it harder for us? It's harder because when we want to spend time with our family, the family is so engrossed in their technology that they don't have time to spend together, to do fun, adventurous things, like go to a park, because we have allowed technology to overtake everything that we do. We are so engrossed in watching Netflix and doing all these different things that we've lost what it is to be a family, to be connected together. We must remember that we live in a world that is being taken over by technology every day. And technology is a great thing, but it can also become a bad thing, just like anything else, if not done in moderation. When we allow ourselves to be so consumed with technology and we don't know how to talk or to communicate with people without technology, then we have a problem. And we live in a world where a lot of us would like to say it's the young people. The young people are not to communicate because of technology. But the reality is we're just as guilty as a young person because you know what happens every business place you go into today? Everyone is like this. No one is talking. No one is communicating. No one knows how to talk. And that's not just young people. That's adults as well. When we consider and we look at our lives and we look at the, what we are becoming around us, we are all guilty of it, that we have allowed technology to take over our lives. You see, we're navigating this ever-changing world of technology. Social media interna interaction can feel overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. You see, the first key we need to understand as parents is that the heart behind social media and technology and the internet is the deeper need for each of us to feel connected. We want to be connected. We want to feel love. We want to feel a part of something. And that's what technology has done. Technology has allowed each of us to have everything to our fingertips that we don't need each other anymore because we can be entertained by our tablets and screens. TechWise family, Alan Crouch, in a book says this. It's a complex, rapidly changing world. And parents today are feeling it. Nearly 8 in 10 parents believe that they have a more complicated job in raising their kids today than their parents did raising them. Monitoring technology usage tops the list of what they perceive contributes to this difficulty. Beyond that, parents seem to most often identify that feel out of their control and that, that are global in scope, a more dangerous world, or a lack of common morality. The consequences of these difficulties feel dire and so perhaps scare parents more than local or personal factors such as finances, 
bullying at school, or high academic pressures. You see, we live in a world where it's so hard to, how do we gauge how much time we should be on our devices? You know, we live in a world where even in school, you are given projects that you have to go. So let me just start off by saying this. I can never tell you this morning that technology is bad because we need it. But there are some of us who want to sit in our own little worlds, and we have heard this before, that technology is of the devil. But the reality is that we need it. Reality is the world has evolved to that. You see, parents of tweens and teens are called digital immigrants. We can remember a time when there was no such thing as the internet, personal computer, cell phone, and certainly not social media. Even when those things did appear, we can remember a time when you could not find information, but that you actually talked to others to be connected. However, it seems as if we blinked and the world has taken off. This generation had learned to adapt to the use of technology that has grown up around them. You see, the current generation, as we consider, they are called digital natives. They don't know a time in life when they did not have the internet. They don't know a time in life when they didn't have a computer or a cell phone. They've never grown up in an age when we know what it was like to have these things, to not have these things. You see, parents tend to think that the gap between the digital immigrant and the digital native is wide. However, the real issue is the need to connect to others and feel accepted. You see, we live in a world when everyone wants to be connected, and that's why social media has taken off. And I know I'm talking to some people in here this morning who you say, you know what, I don't have Facebook, I don't have Instagram, I don't have Snapchat, I don't even know what they are. But you know what's the reality of some of us who don't have those things? We can find a way to get to find out things that's happening on Facebook, Instagram, and social media through our kids, through our grandkids. The reality is, is that we are connected in a way. But I want to ask you about some things that some of us in this room know about and some of us don't know about. And I want to have a raise of hands or just your response when I can call the different things that you have grown up with in your life. The first thing is film, or in the Bahamian sense, film. All right? Some people did not even know what I said when I said film, but we know what film is, right? Film, right? We know what film is. And for those who don't know, that's a picture of what film is. <laughs> there was a time in life when we didn't have digital cameras and cell phones that we actually developed pictures. We actually sat down as a family and looked at all pictures that we printed out and developed. Doesn't happen today that often. Most of the time, we take digital pictures, put them on our computer, and forget about it. In fact, some of us in this room have probably had a time when even your wedding pictures, the wedding photographer may have lost a roll of your film. So you've lost those pictures for good. The second thing is a rotary phone, right? When we had a phone like this, when we actually had to put our finger in and turn the numbers and wait for it to come back, 
And I was reminded that this was even before that suddenly we only had four digits, not even, uh, you know, we didn't have the three, two, four, whatever. We had four digits, so you had to wait for it to come back, you know. The rotary phone. Wow, to think about. The third thing is a nice cassette tape. All right. Some of you probably still listen to some cassettes now, right? But you know you can't have a cassette tape without a Walkman, right? A Walkman. You know the joy about a Walkman is you remember the time when you would be walking around and that your favorite song came on and you couldn't just push back. You had to actually push rewind and get to that spot, the exact spot where the song started. And you might even have this problem when you look at the tape and you need to get the pencil to wind it up. Remember that, right? Wow, technology has truly evolved. That we even went from the Discman, I mean from the Walkman to a Discman. Technology is evolving every day. But last but not least, let us think about dial-up. When the internet first started at BTC, or at Patelco at that time, and you had to change the phone, you know, you couldn't be on the phone at the same time as the internet, and you had to, you know, you had to make sure that you monitored that your time. And at that time, I remember internet packages were ridiculous. You know, you had 10 hours for a ridiculous price, and you had to make sure that you allowed yourself to, you know what, I'm going to average out my time. I'm only going to be on for this much time a day because, you know, it's a lot of money. So as we see, the internet technology has evolved. The reality is that as technology has evolved, there are some things that have become easier for us. Technology has made some things easier, and some of those things are this. And we have a graph to show you. Access to so much more information. We're basically at any point I can Google whatever it is I want to Google, and I can find it. And that's in relation to almost anything. Secondly, we are more connected to friends and family. And when I say friends and family, I'm not talking about our family in our home. I'm talking about families abroad, because let's be honest, the internet in our home probably does not bring us closer together. It probably separates us more because we've allowed it to constantly take over. So this allows us to talk to family that we probably never talked to or get to know, especially through social media. You find people you didn't even know you were related to. You know, be, be, um, better informed about the world. But I wanted to look at the parts in red. 13% say it added joy to my life. Only 13%. But yet life is easier now. And lastly, the 9% said made me a better parent. Like I started out by saying, technology has come into our homes and we've allowed it to overtake us. And I'm being transparent here this morning. I'm not just talking down to you because the reality is, is I have to search my own life, my own family, because you know what? I've allowed it to consume my family. So I don't want no one to think, well, boy, you're talking down to us. And no, I have the same problems. How has it made it? 
harder for us. The two top ones is this. I waste a lot of time, 42%. And I'm more distracted, 40%. Just think about that. How much of your time daily is just wasted on you surfing the internet without no purpose whatsoever, but it's just there. I can look up things, so I'm going to look it up. You have no interest in it, but because I can do it, I'm going to do it. We're guilty of it. Because you know what happens is we look at our watch and say, wow, look at the time. All that time has passed. What have I been doing? I've been doing nothing. I've accomplished nothing. You see, we need to understand that as we consider technology, social media, we need to understand that it goes back to one problem from the beginning of time. That each of us, we are wired to feel connected to relationships. We are wired to feel connected to relationships. So when we consider what the internet and technology and social media has done, we are connected all the time to people. Genesis chapter 2, 15 to 18 says this. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall surely not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Verse 18. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Again, here it is, the beginning of time. Adam had everything. The garden was there. The fruit was there. Everything was there. But God said, that doesn't complete you. You need a relationship. You need a helpmate. You need someone in Eve. You see, that's why we live in a world that is always looking down, whether it be on a cell phone or a tablet. Remember the days before the cell phone and a tablet, when you actually spent time together at home, when you left work and that was it till the next day? That you didn't have work always calling you or texting you and saying, I need you to come here and do this and do that. That you actually spent time together as a family and whatever was going to be tomorrow would actually be for tomorrow. We don't live in that world anymore. We live in a world where it's at our fingertips. If I have a problem, I'm going to call you right away and you need to solve that problem now. We hear a ding, an email. I got to answer that email right away. You see, we've allowed technology to consume us. We've allowed technology to take joy from our lives. Take joy from the people that we are supposed to be connected to all the time. Our family. Because the reality is that's who suffers. The family suffers. Not our work. Because we'll put the work before our own family. Because we, that's our most important thing. Or we have families who we could be in the same room together. But technically, we're still not connected. Because each one of us is on our own device, doing our own thing in our own little world. We don't know what it means to be a family connected. 
Which brings me to the point as we allow our kids to go on the internet, using these tablets and everything, the question becomes to all of us is this, do we know what our kids are doing on these tablets? Do we know what's going on in these, what's going on? A couple of days, a couple of weeks ago, I got home and Tamsin asked me, she said to me, Nicholas, have you been on your Instagram account? You know, because I don't normally go on it, but I, it was some comments that were made at some videos and pictures. And I said, no, I haven't been on my Instagram account. I haven't done anything on my Instagram account. Well, I went on my Instagram account only to find out that Mercy, my daughter, seven-year-old daughter, had commented on some pictures and some videos. A seven-year-old went right into the Instagram account and did what she wanted to do. Thank the Lord she didn't do anything bad, because I would have been able to answer a lot of questions. But we're living in a world when these kids are so smart that they know more than we do how to use these things. They show us stuff sometimes. So before we go any further, I want to make it very clear because we are going to look at five questions to ask yourself about technology and social media. Let me ask this question. What does the Bible say about technology or social media? Anyone know? You know what? It says nothing. Because technology and social media wasn't around at that point. So what we want to look at today is we want to look at five principles, questions that we can look at, that we can ask ourselves as we go about our daily lives, as we use technology and social media. And the five questions are this. Are you seeking to glorify God through social media technology? Does social media technology lead you into sin? Number three, is social media technology your master? Number four, do you value social media interactions more than real life in relationships? And number five, does your use of social media help you renew your mind in God's truth? The first question, are you seeking to glorify God through social media technology? 1 Corinthians 10.31 says this, so whether, so whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. We can use this principle for everything in life. Whatever we do, do it to honor and glorify God. You see, it's so easy to fall in the trap of dishonoring God in social media and technology. You see, we allow, this, we allow it to become a stumbling block. We allow it to be a distraction in our lives. In fact, when we consider social media, we consider how engrossing it is, how, it, how it, everything in our fingers, we can see so much good and bad and share things, and follow it, and like it. You know, for a young person in here this morning, I want you to consider pages that you like, people you follow, because you know the reality of the social media today? Social media is more important than almost a resume today. Because you want me to tell you what happens when you come into a job? They may, you may give your resume, but I can guarantee you they're going to look to see if you're on social media and find out what type of person you truly are. It's important to know what you are putting on social media. 
because it's going to show a picture to the world of what your life is like. But it doesn't just go for teenagers. It goes for adults as well. Because we can be on social media for hours and allow our time to just slip away. Tim Keller, a, a famous author, preacher, said this. When I asked the question, why do you think young Christian adults struggle most deeply with God as a personal reality in their lives? And his response was noise and distraction. But he also said, is it, it is easier to tweet than pray. It's easy to tweet. It's easy to, to, to have this life on social media because it doesn't get dirty. So easy for me just to snap chat. The second question we need to ask ourselves is this. Does social media lead you into sin? Matthew 5, 29 says, If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. Now we would all be pirates in here right now. Because we have allowed ourselves to look at things, do things that we should not do. For it's better that you lose one of your members than the whole body be thrown into hell. Matthew 5, 29. You see, social media technology in itself is a morally neutral thing. It's a good and bad thing. There's nothing, you know, it's how we use it. But some of the things that we do on social media are things like this. Bullying. Sinful relationships. Things that are, we look at things that are sexual. Worldly ideas. We allow ourselves to be led astray by bad influences, friends on social media. You see, we all need to sit down and just pray to God as we consider the internet and social media. How are we being example for Christ in what we're doing on social media and the internet? We must recognize that because of social media and the internet, it is so easy to find things on the internet that can lead us into sin. We must also recognize that because there are so many people vying for information, that sometimes things on the internet and social media aren't true. I don't know about you, but there's been some celebrities that have been dead about 50 times on social media. But they're still alive. And some people have shared that, and you know, then you have to go and look to see if it's true. But there also are even Christian sites like the Babylon Bee that have funny Christian stories, and, you know, some of you know what I'm talking about. And some of you just believe that and think that's the gospel and think that's, oh, yeah, I'm going to share that, when reality is it's not the truth. You see, we allow ourselves to easily fall into sin. Number three, is social media your master? 1 Corinthians 6.12 says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lovely for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. You see, don't become a slave to the beeping of your phone or the vibrating of your phone. Every single time that you have bing, ding, and whatever you have there, because sometimes people have these scariest ringtones that I wonder what's going on, and you hear them going all over the place, and you know the fir first thing they do, they got to pick that up right away, because you know what, if I don't do it now, I, I'm going to lose that. You know, I have, to, I have to answer that person right now. You see, this has become controlling our lives. You see, some of us in this room, if we lost our phone or our tablet, we would be a lost person. 
We wouldn't know how to survive. It's become our master. It's become what we live for. It becomes the first thing we pick up in the morning. In fact, sometimes we pick this up and we don't pick this up. Now, some of you are saying right now, and we'll get a little bit later, but the Bible, I have a Bible app, and I know that I have a Bible app as well. I use, and let me just say this, some of you are probably using your iPad and stuff right now as a Bible app, and praise the Lord because God has allowed that technology to happen. Because you know what happened? We could do some things on an iPad that we can't do sometimes in our regular Bible that we can save notes and do all of that. But we've allowed ourselves to just become consumed with this, that we don't know how else to do anything. You see, it's become such a problem that places like Chick-fil-A in the United States have what they call a cell phone coop. Not all the Chick-fil-A's have it, but some have it. That basically, this is the deal. That you, if you come in their restaurant, you eat there as a family, and you put your phone, yourself, whatever it is, in this coop, this box, and your family does not touch it, they will give you free ice cream. There are also some restaurants that have taken it to the point of saying, if you come in our restaurant, and you do not touch your phone or iPad or whatever it is, we will give you a discount off your food. It's become a problem. We know that even as we go into restaurants here, it's as if we're doing them a favor or they're doing us a favor. You know, like they suck their teeth. All right, let me send this text quick and I'll get with you. See, we've allowed this to get in the way of all our interaction. But brings us to number four. Do you value social media interactions more than real-life relationships? You know, even as we consider social media, social media has come a long way. Because I remember having Yahoo Messenger. I remember having MySpace, MSN Messenger. The list goes on where we have gone to Facebook, to Instagram, to Snapchat, and might be something else right now I don't even know about. But what has happened is we've allowed these relationships to become more important than us than people that we see around us. You see, God made us for relationships. And in today's world, it's even more. In a book called 12 Ways Your Phone Is Changing You, this is what the author said. Our smartphones amplify the most unnecessary distraction as they deaden us to the most significant and important distractions the true needs of our families and neighbors. My phone conditioned me to be a passive observer. My phone can connect me to many friends, but I can also decouple me from an expectation of real-life engagement. When I go in my social media streams, too often I use Facebook to insulate me from the real needs of my friends. Facebook becomes a safe and sanitized room where I can watch the ups and downs of others as an anonymous spectator with no compulsive impulse to respond and care in any meaningful way. And as I do, I become more and more blind to the flesh and blood around me. You see, we have become so caught up in friends and followers on social media that we forget the people around us. You see, this finger right here has become the strongest muscle that all of us have in our body. 
Because when we go on these things, we do this. And we get to know what's all going on. You know, what's funny is that you could be in a relationship, but if it's not Facebook official, it ain't a real relationship. That's what people say. Oh, y'all Facebook official now, so I know y'all real now. That's where relationships have come. You see, we have all been there when we see people right next to us texting each other in the same room. It's because we have lost the communication skills to talk to those around us. And we have lost the point of coming alongside someone and telling them how we love them to encourage them. What we do now is we just send them an emoji and just say, this is how I feel about you. We don't know how to communicate anymore. We don't know how to tell people that we truly care about them. You see, we are living in times when personally sometimes people say, I don't need friends around me because I have more satisfaction on social media because I have all the friends I want. I can pick and choose them and I don't have to get dirty. They made me feel more loved and accepted than people I come in contact with every day. Which brings me to the last question for us to think about. Does your use of social media help you renew your mind in God's truth? Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12, 2. Again, like I said, we can go on the internet and we have all this access to whatever we want, and that includes the Word of God. That includes even in our own church, we have a Facebook page that you can like and you can go on and and watch sermons and videos and do all of that. So again, we have to ask ourselves, what are we using technology for? It's a lot of good out there. It allows us to know exactly what's going on right away. You see, we need to make sure that we don't allow technology to control our minds, but we need to make sure that we are allowing ourselves to be fed with the Word of God. Yes, technology can help. But as we have apps with the Bible, there's no excuse now of being fed with the Word of God. You see, there's no excuse now because you want me to tell you why? Because you might be in this room and you say, you know what, I don't like to read. But guess what? There are apps that will read the Bible to you. They'll read it to you. So we are without no excuse. Like I said, technology has helped us. It has brought new things, allowed us to be involved and to know more information. But what are we doing with that information? You know, after I spoke in the ADM service, someone came to me and said, Pastor Nicholas, I don't have a smartphone. I still got a bubbler. And my children telling me to, they need to get one, but I tell them all I need to do is call and text. But praise the Lord if you're still in that generation. Because you know what? No matter however the world changes and evolves, God's word stays the same. And he stays the same. So we don't have to wonder. Well, how is God going to change with technology? 
He's not going to change. He's always been there. He will always be there. The problem becomes we have changed. We have allowed ourselves to be distracted. We've allowed ourselves to let social media and technology be our master. So how do we apply this to our lives? Well, the question I think we all need to ask ourselves is, am I bringing honor and glory to God through my uses of technology in my life? Am I using it to bring honor and glory to God? Or is it just a self-satisfaction for me that I can be distracted for hours upon hours and accomplish absolutely nothing? You see, I think that if we all are honest, the majority of us in this room are honest with ourselves, we need to rethink some things in our houses. We need to look at our screen use. And let me just say this. I'm not talking down to anyone in here, because I got to do it in my own household. You see, when you preach things like this, you got to preach it to you first, and it hurts, because you know you're guilty of it. But I would challenge each one of us to truly ask ourselves that question. Am I bringing honor and glory to God through the use of technology in my life? Because it's a great tool. But it can also be a tool that is not used to bring honor and glory to God. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you. We thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace, your mercy. Father, we pray that you would help us to recognize, Father, that technology is nothing that caught you by surprise. You knew about technology. But Father, I pray for each one of us that we would search our hearts and our lives and that we would recognize in our own lives, Father, the changes that we need to make in our technology use that we would allow ourselves to not let this be a, a hindrance in our family, but that we would even allow technology to bring our family closer together in some ways. Father, I pray that you just continue to be honored in everything that we do. And we just thank you and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.